just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. My wife took off out of town for a few days. She went down to Florida with some teacher friends of hers. And uh, I don't know how to take it, really. I'm one of these guys that doesn't mind being alone. In fact, sometimes I prefer it, especially if I'm doing a podcast or TikToks. But being on my own really doesn't bother me at all. But that said... I do like to have a good time. I like to go out to dinner. I like to have fun. And unfortunately, the only person I do that with is my wife. So I got to pull back on the fun, but I get the solitude. I don't know if I like it all that much, but uh, I want her to go out and enjoy herself and spend time with friends. And I'll sit here and do what I do. You know, from time to time, I'll take off with my brother and my nephews and such and my sons and go someplace and see a sporting event. So we both do it to a certain extent. But uh, here I am all by myself. And that's fine. I kind of need that for the podcast. That's why I recorded at uh, midnight, one o'clock in the morning, uh, because everybody's asleep and I can just sit down and do this and talk about the previous day. Anyhow, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. There's a lot of stuff going on, additions to stuff that already happened. So it's going to be interesting, to say the least. I do have one email to read. It goes like this. Hi, Mike. As usual, you make things easy to understand. And I, I truly appreciate that. You know, one of, one of the skills I have is trying to break things down in simple terms. And it's not because I have some gift. It's because of the jobs I've had in the past. I've been a play-by-play sports announcer, baseball, football, hockey, basketball. That was years ago. I haven't done it for a while. And then as a traffic reporter, uh, watching cameras all over the freeway system. And in both those jobs, you've got to be able to see what you see and break it down into terms where people can understand it. So if I've learned one skill in my life, I guess it's that. So I appreciate that that is helpful to you. That being said, first, why is Louis DeJoy, the post office destroyer, still in his position? Thought Biden administration could get him removed. Second, you keep saying you're old. I'm 62 years old. This writer says, I'm 77, so you're just a baby. Your thoughts. And it's signed A. That's all I'm going to give on that one. Well, A, I appreciate the comments. We'll get to the old part in a minute. Uh, Lewis to Joy, you make a great point. Lewis to Joy is the absolute worst thing that's ever happened to the U.S. Postal Service. He is there literally to destroy the service. It's one of the few services in government that actually work the way it's supposed to work. But Louis DeJoy was there to destroy it at the direction of Donald Trump and all the other trump So why is he still there? That's an excellent question. That's a question I would ask as well. 
Now, originally, people thought when Joe Biden got into office, he'd just be able to walk over and say, you're fired, motherfucker. Get the fuck out of here. But he couldn't do that because he doesn't hire and fire the postmaster. Apparently, there is a group of people, a committee or a commission or something like that, that has to do the firing. Now, on that commission or committee, uh, there were largely a lot of Trump supporters on that committee. And so Joe Biden had to get a couple of those people off the committee and put his own people in there so they could fire Lewis DeJoy. Now, we waited a long time for that to happen. And as I understand it, those people have been put on or will be put on sometime soon to replace the Trump humping committee members. And I would presume once those people are in place, they could get rid of Lewis DeJoy ASAP. So I I don't know if they've been appointed as yet. I haven't really paid that much of attention. There's some other shit going on, eh? I mean, we've got got a raid on a former president's house and stuff. But but I will look into that. I I, I am curious myself as to why nothing has been done on it. It's two years into the Joe Biden presidency, and Louis DeJoy is still there. And if there is anybody that should have been fired— It's that dumb fuck. He was put there specifically for the election to slow down the mail because Donald Trump felt as though those mail-in ballots were going to be his downfall. Little did he know it wasn't just the mail-in ballots. It was the 7 million people that voted against him, the 81 million people that voted for Joe Biden. Donald Trump didn't realize his biggest drawback in the 2020 election was him. People voted against him as opposed to for Joe Biden to a large degree. And if he wasn't who he was and he didn't scare the shit out of people, he probably would have been elected. Well, I I, I would add an addendum to that. If he actually did something about the COVID pandemic like he should have initially and it didn't get as bad as it was and he got us out of that and... uh, um, He might have won the election. That one thing might have saved him. But unfortunately, as Donald Trump goes, he always fucks everything he he does. So he he saw the pandemic as a bad thing. He thought he'd be blamed for it. So he decided, we'll just act like it's not there. It's a hoax. It's a witch hunt. It's whatever. And so because he ignored it, everything got worse. A million people died. And that threw a lot of people off of Donald Trump. Over and above that, as I say, people were scared of him. They were seeing all the other things he was doing, and they were frightened that uh, going through another four years with Donald Trump could be disastrous, and it would have been disastrous. Trust me on that. Let's talk about Donald Trump a little bit. Former President Donald Trump and his allies are preemptively warning that any incriminating evidence found at the Florida estate was planted there by the FBI. That sounds familiar. If we lost an election, then it must be fake. If we won the election, it's fine. If they didn't find any incriminating evidence at the Florida estate, uh, it was planted. (laughs) This is so Donald Trump. This is so Trumplifix. It's, you know, it's immature, it's stupid, it's childish. I didn't do it. Somebody else did it. The funny thing 
I see about this raid. It was really, really interesting. First of all, they made the choice to make the raid when Donald Trump was gone. And I think they did that on purpose to make it a little less messy. Had Donald Trump been there, it might have created more, I don't know, violence, potential violence in that situation. So I think they did it purposely. But now we're finding out a few things about this raid that we didn't know at first. Like, for example, we're hearing now that there is an FBI informant in the House. Somebody on Donald Trump's team tipped off the FBI, and that's why they did the search. And that's why they knew there was shit left in there. Now, keep in mind, the National Archives came down and said, we need what you have. And he gave them 15 boxes. But they knew there was other stuff there. They had accounting for it, and they knew there was other stuff there, and they wanted to get it back. Donald Trump just didn't readily hand this stuff to him. For a long period of time, they were in negotiations. Negotiations? For what? I mean, the fact that he took these things out of the White House is a crime, is illegal. That's like saying, I stole your bike, and I may give it back to you, but let's negotiate about it. Fuck that. Go get the bike. And after all this period of time of them talking about it, that's what happened. They got an informant on the inside. And who could that be? Some people are saying Jared Kushner. Some people are saying Mark Meadows. Both those guys could be likely suspects in that situation. Who else is in there? Well, there's probably uh, staff like cooks and maids and stuff like that. But there's also a lot of Secret Service in there. But I doubt the Secret Service did it because we're finding out that the Secret Service has their problems too and have an alliance with um, Donald Trump. They're loyal to him, you know, with the wiping of their phones and all that stuff. So I doubt it was anybody from the Secret Service that turned them in or gave the information to the FBI. I don't know that we'll ever find that out, but trust, uh, know this, in fact, that the reason the FBI made that raid was because somebody close to Donald Trump suggested that they should. Now, if you remember what happened when the raid first happened, what did the Republicans, the trump fucks, and Donald Trump himself say? What did they say? They said, there's nothing here. It's a hoax. It's a witch hunt. There's nothing here. They're just going to come in there and get nothing, and they're going to be embarrassed, and that's it. And now, a lot of the media, the right-side media, is coming out and saying, well, if it was so bad, why doesn't A.G. Merrick Garland release the list of things they got out of there? Well, I don't think they really want the AG to release that information, but they know the AG can't because it's an investigation. So they say this, so it looks like, yeah, you show us, but they know he can't, so it makes them look better. But here's the thing. The thing is, is that Donald Trump has the uh, search warrant, and he has a list of the things that were taken. Now, Donald Trump has every opportunity to publish that list of things that were taken. He can do it right now if he wants to. And you would presume if that list was a good list that would benefit him, 
it would have been already released. But he didn't release it. In fact, now, uh, coming from Donald Trump's camp, they're saying, we're not going to release it. Well, why not? You told us it was a scam. You told it was told us it was all a lie, but you won't release it. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the Trump folks, Donnie and everybody around him, changed their story. At first, they told us there's nothing there. It's a witch hunt. It's a joke. There's nothing there. It's going to be embarrassing when they get nothing. They changed that story once they got pressured about releasing the list. And now what they're saying is, well, if there's anything bad there, it was planted. (laughs) See, they're backing up. They're changing their story because they know they're fucked. There's clearly a lot of serious documents there that may not only show that he broke the Presidential Records Act, but we could be talking treason. I talked to uh, Ed about this, and I said, why would he do that? Well, there's a couple of reasons I can think of, and given Donald Trump is who he is, it seems reasonable. Donald Trump is always trying to grift money, and he's got these... uh, He's got these documents that might be valuable to a foreign country. And, you know, Donald Trump might work a little side deal where he's providing these or at least uh, exposure to these documents to other countries that might have an interest and charging them money. Sounds crazy, but when you think about Donald Trump, not that crazy. Or maybe there's some things in there that he thinks will implicate him in crimes. That's one reason why he'd hide it. Or there's one other reason why he might use those documents. It's often been said that Donald Trump was kind of a mentor to Jeffrey uh, Epstein. And how did Jeffrey Epstein make most of his money? A lot of people say, well, we don't know. Well, we do know. He made his money by blackmailing rich people, by bringing them in, setting them up with underage girls, taking video and saying, now you got to pay. Where do you think Epstein got that idea? From his fucking mentor, Donald Trump, because he's done those same things. So maybe those documents are to put pressure on people, I don't know, like uh, Lindsey Graham, some of the members of Congress, whoever. Maybe uh, Supreme Court justices? I don't know. There's got to be a reason he wants them, and he's trying so hard not to turn them over. And whatever reason he's doing that, it's not good. It's not legal. And I always love, well, they just went and uh, searched his home for no reason. No. There's absolute proof a good reason for them to search his premises. If only the Presidential Records Act, the law is very specific. All documents created in the White House during any one administration has to be given to the National Archives. They get everything. And the Presidential Records Act, which was begun in 1978, says you cannot destroy or take documents from the Oval Office, from the White House, what have you. You can't do that. And we know for a fact 
He did that. And the reason we know for a fact he did that is because why then would the National Archives have to go down to fucking Mar-a-Lago to get this shit? So we know he broke the law. We know he committed a crime. But it wasn't just that crime because he didn't give them everything. There were things left over, and now the FBI has it, and no doubt they are probably pretty damning. So we will see how it all shakes out. But make no mistake, Donald Trump is in some serious trouble. Trump complained on his ersatz social media platform, Truth Social Wednesday, that his lawyers were not allowed to observe the federal agents who searched the property on Monday. Everyone was asked to leave the premises. They wanted to be left alone without any witnesses to see what they were doing, taking or hopefully not planting, Trump wrote. Why did they strongly insist on having nobody watching them, everybody out? Because that's what they always do when they put a raid together and they do a search. They want you out of the house. They don't want you hiding things or manipulating things to make their job harder. The point is, come in by surprise, grab up what you want, and get the fuck out. The idea that you would want somebody... I mean, let me put it to you this way. Say they decided to raid Hunter Biden's house. Would you want Hunter Biden roaming around the house while you're doing the search? Maybe hiding stuff, stuffing things under the couch, whatever? No, you'd be screaming about that. So the suggestion that you're mad that they put everybody out of the house as they were doing their search, well, that's standard procedure. That's what they fucking do. And just because it doesn't work for you doesn't mean it's not legal. The FBI searched Trump's home in Palm Beach, Florida, reportedly as a part of an investigation into Trump's well-documented refusal to turn over presidential records at the end of his term. The Justice Department has not divulged any details about the investigation. The National Archives and Records Administration has said Trump belated, uh, belatedly delivered 15 boxes. They had to fight to get those 15 boxes, and they still didn't get it all. Because the boxes boxes contain classified material that the president had removed from the White House, the agency said it notified the Department of Justice. We know they did that. Now, instead of waiting for any information about the investigation, Republicans in Congress have rushed to Trump's defense, as you would expect, saying they will retaliate against the Justice Department. Just you wait. We get power and we're going to investigate the investigators. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry to say this, Trump LaFox, you aren't going to get power. You're going to lose in a big way in the midterms. And they suggested that it's fundamentally improper to investigate whether the former president broke the law. Now, Trump's allies are also saying that if a crime was committed, Trump didn't do it. Well, a crime was committed. That's clear. That's black and white. He took the documents from the White House, brought them to Mar-a-Lago, and then fought like hell to keep them and not return them. And then when he did return them, he didn't return all of them. I'm sorry to say, it's not if there was a crime, there was a fucking crime. 
Right-wing influencers such as Newt Gingrich, who's a piece of shit, Charlie Kirk, who's a piece of shit, Alex Jones is a piece of shit, and Steve Bannon on Tuesday came up with a theory that the FBI raided Trump's property to plant evidence. Fox News host Jesse Waters amplified the baseless claim on his show that evening. Now, haven't these motherfuckers learned something? Didn't Alex Jones just get sued for $50 million for lying on on in the media? Apparently, they haven't learned a fucking thing. This is how a conspiracy-minded talking point is constructed in real time. Media Matters senior fellow Matt Gertz wrote in a blog post chronicling the takeoff. It is reminiscent of how the right-wing media figures in the immediate aftermath of the January 6th storming of the U.S. Capitol by Trump supporters attributed the widespread violence to Antifa infiltrators. Now, on Wednesday morning, Senator Rand Paul, yet another piece of shit, lamented that people distrust so much the government that he had no choice but to repeat Trump's insinuation that the FBI was out to get him. Really? It's funny, you never said anything about that while Donald Trump was in office and the crazy shit you were doing. Do I know that the boxes of material that they took from Mar-a-Lago, that they won't put things in those boxes to entrap him, Paul said on Fox News? How do we know? Their lawyers weren't allowed to see the boxes go, which is standard fucking procedure. It's truly amazing to me what they will do. They're constantly trying to gaslight. You understand what they're doing here by bringing up these conspiracy theories and these fake theories about what could happen. They're just trying to confuse the issue, create chaos. The only problem with that is, is we've already seen this with the January 6th committee. Nobody is buying that shit anymore. It's almost pathetic to watch them do this because nobody believes it. Nobody believes it. You know, part of me would say, um, if in fact the Democrats and Joe Biden played these motherfuckers and tricked them and, and scammed them, I'd almost be just as happy about that. I mean, they do it to the Democrats so much. They do it to the rest of the people in this country so much. They deserve it in return. But the fact of the matter is, is this wasn't a scam. This was legit. It had to go through a serious process in order for it to happen. It had to go to Merrick Garland. He had to sign off on it. And he's very meticulous about the things he does. He's very cautious, as we know. Then it went to a magistrate. Then it went to a federal judge who, in fact, was appointed by Donald Trump. Now, they even tried to undermine this judge by saying, well, he voted for Obama. He's this. We don't know what they say is true or a lie, but it doesn't make a difference. He didn't make the decision based on partisanship. I mean, we're not talking about the Supreme Court here. We're talking about a federal judge. But he appointed him. So if anybody's going to do Donald Trump a favor or let him slide on something that's questionable, it would be the guy uh, that was appointed by Trump. Fact of the matter is what is going on now with this uh, presidential records thing is so egregious, so blatant, so in your face, there would be more trouble and more problems if they did nothing about it. 
Now, the interesting thing about this raid, some people are now saying it can't be just the public records. It's got to be something bigger than that because there's too much. It's it it's not worth going in for that one thing. It's not that big a deal, and it is a big deal in the sense that if he's um, found guilty of this, he can go to jail for a year, be fined a hundred thousand dollars, and never be able to run for office again. If some of this stuff is is top secret, it could be a felony, and if it's really bad, it could be treason, which puts Donnie Trump in jail for twenty plus years, which is a death sentence because what is he seventy six, seventy seven, and he's not the healthiest guy. Donnie would not do well in prison. So anyway, um, people are suggesting there may be some January 6th ties to this. And that would make a little bit of sense if Donnie Trump was going to try to fucking hide something that might implicate him. The January 6th situation is ripe for that. The January 6th committee is going to come out with a lot of information, a lot of evidence, and a lot of witnesses that point right at Donald Trump. They've already done that. They're going to do more come September. So he might want to hide that stuff because he knows he's in deep trouble. The DOJ has a grand jury for the January 6th committee, and he's going to be in that mix too. So it's hard to say why they went in there, but here's the thing. If they went in there for the reason of public records, uh, pulling that out of the White House, and in those records they find things he's trying to hide that implicate him, he's still fucked. He is still fucked in that situation, and he will not get loose from it. You know, for a long time people talked about, well, it's kind of sketchy. It's kind of tough to indict a former president, and I get that. The reason it's not usually done is because it would appear partisan. And somebody will say, well, so what? If he committed the crime, they should bust him. And that's true. But the thing they're most concerned about being some iffy type of indictment and and partisanship then what that does is when the Republicans are in power, they do it to a Democrat. Now, the Democrats are pissed. They come back and they do it to a Republican. And we get this ongoing shit show for decades and decades. And obviously, people want to avoid that. But now we're in a different situation. I mean, when Richard Nixon resigned, he committed some crimes, none of which that even approach the kinds of things that Donald Trump is being accused of. And secondly, when he was given the pardon, he was told no on certain terms, you're out of the business, you're out of politics. And he was. It's a much different situation. There is a lot more stuff. And the stuff that's going against Donald Trump uh, rises to the level of attempting to overthrow this government, this country. And here's the problem. As much as it's hard to indict a former president of all the problems, now we're at a point that there will be more problems if they don't indict him. So the common thought was they wouldn't indict a former president. Now we're at a point where they almost have to. Otherwise, that's going to cause problems. And remember, we've got some more um, hearings 
from the January 6th committee coming in September, and no doubt these things are going to go to the DOJ too. So this is a fucking mess, and this is a very serious thing. This is the most trouble this country's been in, and it all falls on the shoulders of Donald Trump. So they've got to do something. They can't just let it go. All right, let's take a quick break, and we will be right back. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All right, we're not done with Donald Trump. And I got to say this up front. Thank God for Donald Trump. Because honestly, without Donald Trump, the rational boomer may not exist. I wouldn't have been so passionate and so upset and so angry about the things I've seen over the last six years. And I wouldn't have been compelled to do the Rational Boomer podcast. So as much as I hate Donald Trump, I am thankful for him because he gave me the motivation to do the Rational Boomer on TikTok and in a podcast. So (laughs) thanks, Donald Trump, but fuck you. Donald Trump had another issue. (laughs) And I guess we shouldn't be surprised by this. You'll remember that Letitia James has a civil trial or a civil grand jury working right now, and they're investigating uh, the Trump organization and Donald Trump and his kids. And, And the whole premise behind this is that the way he ran his business was like he ran everything. He lied, he cheated, and he stole. Now, the big problem that Letitia James has with him is the way he handled his appraisals of his properties, they would fluctuate. They would be really high and then really low. Well, that's weird. Why would they do that? Well, I'll explain. When he was dealing with uh, buying other properties and he needed collateral or leverage, he would take, say, a $10 million building and say it was $50 million. And the same thing, he would do the same thing with insurance companies. Now, when it came to paying taxes, he would say that $10 million building is now worth like three or four or maybe five. So he would pay less taxes, which you need to understand that's all very illegal. That's bank fraud. That's insurance fraud. And that is tax fraud. And that is what Letitia James is looking into. Now, former President Donald Trump invoked his Fifth Amendment protection against self-incriminating and self-incrimination as he testified under oath Wednesday in New York Attorney General's long-running civil investigation into his business dealings. Now, what you need to know is they interviewed Eric months and months and months ago, and he claimed the Fifth like a hundred times. Now, Don Jr. and Ivanka also testified. They did not invoke the Fifth Amendment, and I'm not sure why. Either they didn't have any part of that, or they're just tired of fucking the bullshit. Donald Trump, however, had to testify. And everybody's looking forward to that because the idea that Donald Trump would be testifying under oath, (laughs) 
makes us all giggle a little bit because we know this motherfucker cannot tell the truth. And apparently his lawyers knew he can't tell the truth. About an hour after arriving at Attorney General Letitia James' Manhattan offices, Trump announced that he declined to answer the questions under the rights and privileges afforded to every citizen under the United States Constitution. I once asked, if you're innocent, why are you taking the Fifth Amendment? Now, I know the answer to that question, the statement said. When your family, your company, and all of the people in your orbit have become the targets of an unfounded, politically motivated witch hunt supported by lawyers, prosecutors, and the fake news media, you have no choice. During more than six hours at the office building, Trump used Truth Social, the social media platform he founded, to review the decor. Very plush, beautiful, and expensive. (laughs) Yeah, anything to take it off the the subject. Now, here's what's interesting about Donald Trump. You may remember this in 2016. I think he was talking about Hillary Clinton or some other Democrat. And he's basic, and I'll paraphrase this. He basically said, only the mob pleads the fifth. And then he went on to say, if you're innocent, why would you plead the fifth? This is words out of Donald Trump's mouth. And then, of course, later on, he does the very same thing. And he also went on to suggest the attorney general was squandering time investigating him instead of attending to the crime of New York. But after leaving around 3.30 p.m., he described the encounter as very professional and added a plug for his fantastic company. Yeah, that company's fucking dying and under investigation in its own right. The questioning brought him face to face with an official he had called out of control prosecutor and a racist. James, a Democrat, is the first black person to hold her post. James's office declined to detail the interview beyond saying that she personally took part in the deposition. And, oh, that had to uh, make Donnie mad. <laughs> you got a woman sitting in front of you and putting you in your place. And not just a woman, a black woman. Good gracious. How difficult must that have been for Donald Trump? Now, one of Trump's lawyers, Ronald Fischetti, told the New York Times the former president answered one question about his name, read a statement into the record in which he questioned James' motives, then invoked the Fifth Amendment. Trump then said the same answer to every question he was asked over several hours. Now, according to NBC News, Trump invoked the Fifth Amendment over 440 times. (laughs) That was probably the best move for Donald because he would have been up for perjuring about the first 30 seconds if, in fact, he made an attempt to answer any questions. As vociferous as Trump has been in defending himself in written statements and on the rally stage, he's more than, wel- he's more than willing to talk out when he's not under oath. Legal experts said answering questions in a deposition was risky because anything he said could potentially be used against him in a parallel criminal investigation by the Manhattan District Attorney. So he's basically uh, bailed on the, on the, uh, the, the, the civil suit because 
by claiming the fifth, that's actually going to work against him in the civil suit. But he knows if he spoke up, the criminal investigation going in the Manhattan district that's kind of on hold right now would perk up very quickly and that would get started. So he was basically bailing from the civil suit, knowing that he's going to lose and did everything he could to avoid a criminal suit. Well, Donnie, you got so many criminal suits against you. It really doesn't fucking matter. I mean, (laughs) they can't, they can't sentence you for a hundred years because you'll be lucky to live 10. The Fifth Amendment protects people from being compelled to witnesses against themselves in criminal cases. If the Attorney General's investigation leads to a civil case against Trump and it went to trial, jurors could be told he invoked his protection against self-incrimination. New York University of Law professor Stephen Gillers said that he was surprised that Trump had done so given his... uh, his previous experience with depositions, a legal term for sworn testimony that's not given in court. Now, jousting with lawyers at depositions while avoiding lying is something he's proud of. Gillers said perhaps his lawyers feared that his impetuous, impetuosity, is the word they use, would imperil him. Yeah, I think it would. Trump has undergone many depositions dating to his career as a real estate developer. He has sometimes seemed to relish giving answers. For example, he said he was pleased to have the opportunity to tell my side last October in a lawsuit brought by protesters who uh, say his security guard roughed them up outside the Trump Tower in 2015. However, Trump invoked the Fifth Amendment to refuse to answer 97 questions in a 1990 divorce deposition. Uh, This motherfucker thinks he's really guilty. Because you see what he does there, he's admitting that he may have done some things that were criminally um, illegal. I mean, that's the only way to look at it. Now, if you're in a deposition and you plead the fifth in a criminal investigation, they can't bring that up in a criminal investigation. Because it might, uh, I don't know, it might give the jurors the wrong impression. Actually, it would give them the right impression, but you can't do that in criminal court. However, you can in civil court. And that's why I'm saying he's basically bailing on the civil court by doing this 440 times and they're going to bring it up in trial. They're going to say, well, clearly this guy is wrong because he pled the fifth. 440 times. But he's so scared of the criminal thing, he doesn't want to open up that can of worms. Well, that can of worms may open and it may not, but it doesn't matter because there's other cans of worms that are already opened. As I've told you before, we only have to nail them one time. We only have to get one indictment and then it's all fucking done. And there are at least three or four other investigations in Georgia, in New York, in D.C., that are going on where he is culpable. So if he thinks he's doing something by trying to avoid a criminal investigation in the Manhattan district, well, good for him. But you know what? One way or another, they are going to fucking nail him. They are going to nail him big time. All right. Now, 
Here's this is interesting. After the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago on Monday, see they went out and they seized the cell phone of Representative Scott Perry on Tuesday. The DOJ is now reportedly dropping subpoenas inside the Pennsylvania state capitol. What that's about is fake electors. That's why they're getting state folks. And it just so happens that it came after Representative Scott Perry's phone was seized. So obviously there's something tied to that. Uh, Some people want to try to tie it to Donald Trump, and it may. Who knows what shows up in the documents they pulled out of Donald Trump's office. But I think it has more to do, and I talked about this with Ed. There was a guy in the um, DOJ, Jeffrey Clark. You know about him. He was the under-deputy of something that's totally unrelated But for whatever reason, this clown came up with the idea of sending letters to the secretaries of state in the swing states and telling them to stop counting on the 2020 election because we found fraud, which they hadn't, which is illegal. And I think his phone, Scott Perry's phone, was lifted because of what was going on with Jeffrey Clark. And here's why. Because... There would be no way that Donald Trump would know Jeffrey Clark because he's so low on the totem pole. But we do know that Scott Perry introduced Jeffrey Clark to Donald Trump. And because Jeffrey Clark was willing to help Donald Trump, Donald Trump now all of a sudden loves this guy to the point where he's thinking about firing A.G. Rosen and putting this guy as the attorney general because this guy will do what Donald Trump wants. And, of course, there was a big hubbub about that, and everybody threatened to resign, and uh, he backed off of that. But I have a feeling that Scott Perry's phone was taken because of his connection with Jeffrey Clark, and then that probably also connected Scott Perry with uh, Mark Meadows and maybe even Donald Trump directly. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But it is interesting, Scott Perry, who is a representative from from uh, Pennsylvania, got his phone taken. And then the next day, the DOJ is now dropping subpoenas inside the Pennsylvania state capitol. That's all very interesting. Federal investigators delivered subpoenas or paid visits to several House and Senate Republican offices in Pennsylvania's capital on Tuesday and Wednesday, according to multiple sources. Penn Live reported on Wednesday at least some of the individuals receiving subpoenas were told they were not targets of an investigation, according to at least six sources reached by Penn Live, but that they may have information of interest to the FBI. All of the sources had been briefed on the investigative moves in some way, but demanded anonymity in order to discuss them. Now, we know that U.S. senators and representatives from the House of Representatives are getting these subpoenas, and they're acting all tough. I'm powerful. I'm a federal political figure. But I'll guarantee you these little shit-ass state senators or representatives, 
they're shitting their pants right now. They had no idea what they were getting into, and they know they are fucked. Even if they are not targets, they're going to have to talk, and that information will be exposed to the general public, and that will be a problem for them. GOP leaders did not confirm whether members of their caucus were subpoenaed. They didn't say, yeah, that happened. It did happen. The information being requested centered around U.S. Representative Scott Perry of Pennsylvania and the effort to seek alternate electors as part of the former President Donald Trump's efforts to remain in office after the 2020 election. Several sources said, uh, now, now, Penn Live said uh, that Perry, a York County Republican in his fifth term in the House, has come under much scrutiny as any Pennsylvania office holder over his involvement in Trump's efforts to stay in power after his 2020 election loss to Biden. Now, the primary focus on Perry from multiple congressional investigations that have played out publicly uh, has been his... uh, connection to former Deputy Attorney General Jeffrey Clark, as I stated, one of the few Department of Justice officials who appear to be sympathetic to Donald Trump. Now, State Senator Doug Mastriano, and this guy's a piece of shit, he is now the GOP nominee for governor was considered by Trump campaign to be a point person for the alternate electors. The New York Times reported that in around July. Penn Live noted that Trump's slate included a number of well-known GOP luminaries, including former Congressman Lou Barletta, Allegheny County Republican Committee Chairman Sam DeMarco, uh, uh, the current comfort, the current vice chair of the Pennsylvania Republican State Committee, and Andy Riley, one of the uh, Pennsylvania members of the Republican National Committee. So these people are well known in in uh, Pennsylvania. Former President Donald Trump has no plans to release the copy of the search warrant, as we talked about uh, before. Um uh, but somehow all of this ties together, and I don't, I don't know exactly how. None of us know exactly how, but I think there's a very good chance that the stuff they got from Mar-a-Lago may have some ties to January 6th. It almost has to. I mean, it seems weird that Trump's house gets raided. Scott Perry's phone gets confiscated. And then members of uh, the state government in Pennsylvania get subpoenas. That seems a little bit weird, doesn't it? It seems all too convenient. All too... uh, um, I don't know, it's just... It just seems weird. And I think that there is some ties there. I would think that Merrick Garland, if he's going into Donald Trump's place of residence and wants to grab this stuff, he's going to grab as much as he can. It's one thing to move the records from the the White House to Mar-a-Lago. 
But then we got to look at what these records are about. And if they're about January 6th, if they're about dealing with Jeffrey Clark, if they're about dealing with Representative Scott Perry, well, this gets all more, all the more messy, doesn't it? Well, here's something interesting. I've told you a billion times that just let Donald Trump go and he will fuck himself. He does it every time. He can't shut his mouth, and everything he tries is a failure. Now, in 2018, then-President Donald Trump signed a bill into law that could now be used to punish him if he's found to have taken classified information from the White House uh, at the end of his tenure. Speaking to uh, Business Insider, National Security Attorney Bradley Moss said that Trump could face five years in prison if he's found guilty under the national security bill that he signed. The law upgrades the crime of wrongly moving classified material from a misdemeanor to a felony. As Moss points out, Trump signed the bill after spending the 2016 presidential campaign accusing Hillary Clinton of improperly handling classified information. You see what Donald Trump was doing here. He was trying to nail Hillary Clinton. He thought he would catch her. But guess what? Hillary Clinton is free. She's not been convicted of anything. And now by signing that bill, good old Donnie Donnie, fucked himself. Big surprise. Trump certainly has legal exposure to Section 1924, given it was classified documents from his spaces in the White House that were removed to Mar-a-Lago, said Moss. And it actually happened. We know it actually happened. It is a crime. Moss added that efforts by Trump to declassify records before he left office were another key issue that could decide whether the measures could be used to prosecute him. Now, here's the thing. He He could, at the time when he was president, declassify things. But... But here's what you got to understand. There is a process for this, and Donald Trump is not much for details. And as they say, the devil is in the details, but that's not his thing. So even if he says, well, I declassified them, he better have done the process to declassify certain things. And he certainly didn't declassify all the things that were taken out of his space at Mar-a-Lago. The National Archives said in February it had recovered 15 boxes of documents from Trump's Florida estate, which the Washington Post reported included highly classified text taken with him when he left Washington following his re-election defeat. The documents and mementos, which also include correspondence from U.S. or ex-U.S. President Barack Obama, should, by law, have been turned over at the end of the Trump presidency, but instead ended up in Mar-a-Lago. The recovery of the boxes raises questions about Trump's adherence to presidential record laws enacted after the 1970s Watergate scandal that require Oval Office occupants to preserve records related to administration activity. Now, that was in response to the bullshit that we went through with Richard Nixon. The archives had requested then that the Justice Department open up a probe into Trump's practices. White House staff has also regularly discovered wads of paper clogging toilets. We even see pictures of that, leading 
them to believe that Trump was trying to get rid of certain documents, according to a forthcoming book by New York Times reporter Maggie Haberman. Now, this this is a story I think we need to hear because the um, Republicans love to convolute this shit. We know in this new bill they're going to pass, the Inflation Reduction Bill. It intends to raise taxes, but taxes on the rich, not the middle class. However, that's not what the Republicans are saying. Oh, they're raising taxes on everybody. Everybody's going to get their taxes raised, which is absolute bullshit. So this story is interesting. And it should verify what's really going to happen when this bill is enacted. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen on Wednesday directed the Internal Revenue Service not to use any of their new funding allocated in the Democrats' new health care and climate bill to increase the number of audits on Americans making less than $400,000 a year, according to a copy of a letter obtained exclusively by CNN. You see, what they want to do is they want to add 87,000 IRS agents to better police tax fraud. Now, as Ed and I have talked about, they're not looking at you and me making normal money. We're small potatoes. But there are a lot of people that are wealthy that are abusing the tax system, like Donald Trump. So they're going to bring in this money and all these people to go after them. And, of course, this is something that the rich people don't like, which means the Republicans don't like. The letter to the IRS commissioner, Charles Reddick, comes amid attacks from Republicans that uh, the $80 billion Inflation Reduction Act would give to the IRS over the next 10 years would result in more middle-class Americans and small businesses getting audited. And clearly that's not true. The Biden administration has reportedly said the IRS would focus on increased enforcement activity on high-wealth taxpayers and large corporations and not target households who earn less than $400,000 a year. Now, if you're listening to this podcast... And um, you make more than $400,000. God bless you. But uh, don't cheat on your taxes because things are going to get a lot harder for those folks. Specifically, I direct that any additional resources, including any new personnel or auditors that are hired, shall not be used to increase the share of small businesses or households beyond or below $400,000 threshold that are audited relatively relative to historical levels. Yellen wrote in the letter to Reddick, this means that contrary to the misinformation from opponents of this legislation, small businesses or households earning $400,000 per year or less will not see an increase in the chances that they are audited. Enforcement resources, Yellen said, will instead focus on high-end noncompliance. The new IRS funding is projected to raise $124 billion in additional taxes over the next 10 years, which is a key way the Democrats plan to offset the cost of their plan to lower prescription drugs costs and combat climate change. 
The Democrat-controlled House of Representatives still needs to approve the legislation which passed the Senate on Sunday after months of painstaking negotiations because of their narrow 50-seat majority in the Senate. Democrats used a special filibuster, filibuster-proof process called reconciliation to approve the $750 billion health care tax and climate bill without Republican votes. So... When you're out there and somebody's telling you they're raising taxes on anybody, you can say bullshit. The Secretary of the Treasury has sent specific direction to not amp up or ramp up the audits on anybody making less than $400,000. That is the case. This person is is the one that makes that decision. She's the one that has the control over the IRS. So the IRS must comply with what she suggests. The idea that the Republicans are telling us that it's going to hit all of us is absolute bullshit, like much of what they say is. So anybody tells you that it's going to put us under the microscope, it's not. Well, unless you make over $400,000. And if you make over $400,000 and you listen to the podcast, you just better watch it. Just don't cheat on your taxes. And I don't think anybody here on the Rational Boomer podcast would cheat on their taxes. I'm just saying, fair warning. (laughs) I doubt there's very many of us that are making more than $400,000. So I think we're safe. All right, we're going to wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast for yet another day. I um, appreciate the fact that you take the time out of your day to listen to me. I truly do. I hope you have a great day, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.